all yours. Good morning, everyone. Really uh, a privilege to be with you again, and uh, really loved yesterday. Who's excited and expectant this morning? Okay, great stuff. See, yesterday, I almost drank from the mic and put the water down, and I, I almost did a replay of that just now. Great stuff. What a privilege to be together in the house of the Lord, isn't it? You know, I, I think that sometimes when we go through uh, obscure times like we did with COVID, we only then realize the incredible value we have in getting together like this. And uh, I think one of the things that uh, the church is uh, stumbling into is the value of fellowship, the value of coming together like this. And scripture encourages us, says, do not neglect these moments. Do not forsake these moments for us to get together because there's certainly something that happens when believers dwell together. And uh, I hope for those of you who did manage to come through yesterday, you experienced some of that. When we come together and we all, in a sense, are open to what God does, then we certainly do unlock the supernatural in, uh, in profound ways. So how many of you that was here yesterday really was touched by what God was doing yesterday? It's an amazing thing, eh? And uh, I'm really trusting that this morning would just be an extension of that. And um, so just a quick introduction. My name is uh, Zacharias Martinez-Smith-Lombard. And uh, as I often say, that's not supposed to be a punchline. But uh, I'm glad that I could be of some uh, joy to some of you. And uh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Ilana. And we've got two stunning girls, Mignon and Miette. Um, we've been married now 25 years. And we've got two girls, uh, Mignon is 17 and Miette is 13, going on 25. And um, it really is a privilege for us to be with you guys this morning. Honestly, we trust in God for uh, amazing moments. But more than that, we, we love that wherever we go, we are home. Because we're in the home of the Lord, in the house of the Lord. And um, we lead a church in Pretoria called Revolution Church. A uh, different kind of bunch of people, uh, which I think is good. And uh, I thought this morning I'll be civilized, and I wore my shoes for a, for a change. And um, we, uh, we planted that church about two, two and a half years ago, just prior to COVID. And uh, before that, we uh, helped another friend plant a lovely church out in Joburg. We were there for three years, and prior to that, we were on staff at Bryanston for two years. And prior to that, we led a church in Mayerton for nine years. So... Uh, that's a little bit of us. Uh, currently, we're in business. We love business. My wife is a, a health coach, and she's got an online practice, and uh, we've got a coffee business as well. So we roast coffee. Uh, we love your coffee, by the way. You've got some good coffee that you're serving um, that John provides. So it's great to be with you this morning. So can I ask us all to stand, please? And uh, if you have your Bible with you, whether it is in a digital format or printed format, would you be so kind as to lift up your words? Um, I just love the contributions that was given this morning by Candice and, uh, and Glendon. And uh, we really believe that the Word of God is the final authority, right? So we're going to do a little bit of a prophetic action. We're going to lift up the Word, and we're going to actually submit ourselves under the Word as we pray. So Lord, we lift up your Word to you this morning. And I ask, Lord God, that as we submit under your Word, that your Word as the finest and final and highest authority would come and shape us. Would you come and bring transformation to us, Lord? Would you come and bring renewal of our thinking? And Lord, we want to take every thought captive this morning and bind it to the mind of Christ. And I pray, Jesus, that uh, as we sit under your word, that your word would transform us, renew us, 
and bring us into wide open spaces. For your word says that there where you are, Lord, there is freedom. And I ask, Lord, for that freedom this morning to lead us and guide us. I pray that, Lord, in your precious, mighty name. Amen. Turn to someone and say, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, sure, cool. Great stuff. Okay, cool beans. So, I'm not 100% sure where to start this morning. I've got so much in my heart that I want to just lean into. Um, in some ways, I'm, I'm bubbling with some things that God wants to do this morning. But uh, at the same time, I want everything that we do this morning to find a, a hook or a handle or a place that it can rest into the future. Because um, we believe in building, not blessing. So we can come and we can bless, and I suppose that's good. But ideally, what we want to do is we want to leave some handles so that you guys can continue to build with those handles. We, we want to give you something that actually can become part of your own life, and uh, not only personal, but for the church. Uh, so at times, it's not always, I'm not always 100% sure where to start and where to get into it. Um, but before we do, is there someone here this morning that had a migraine this morning? Um, or a headache that was just pushing you down from behind like this. Anyone here that's got a headache like that or had one this morning? No one. Okay, well, that's good to know that there's no one here with a thumping headache. Last night, okay. Anyone here with a, with a thumping headache right now? Or maybe you came in with it and it's no longer with you. No one. Okay, cool. So what I'm going to do this morning is I want us to read something together. And um, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and uh, I'm going to just make statements regarding yesterday, one or two things that we spoke on and touched on yesterday, and uh, I want to really build on that uh, just for some continuation and uh, where you guys are going. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and... Um, I'm going to pray for us. No, I have prayed. Let's, let's read this together. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we're going to read from verse 1. It says, Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, and the one who understands him, but, and sorry, and no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, for their encouragement, and for their comfort or consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who speaks, uh, so the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more, I want you all to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets that so that the church may be built up by it. Okay, so what I want us to see here is that Scripture encourages us primarily into a partnership. So before we want to come and define what that partnership looks like, I want us to understand that Scripture encourages you and me into a partnership. But if we don't know how this partnership actually puts, uh, fits together and where it all comes together, it's very difficult for you and me to just jump into that. So I want to just take a few minutes and uh, connect you with a, a bigger picture understanding of how all of this works. So in John chapter 3, we see Jesus speaks to uh, someone who knows Scripture quite well. His name is Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes and he speaks to Jesus, and he, he calls Jesus out to be a rabbi, a teacher, someone who is clearly carrying the, the favor and the, the, the presence of God with him. And he even said, but no one can do the things that you do. And then Jesus comes and he, he says to him, listen, there's one problem here. 
And that for you, the problem is that for you to see the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. And then uh, Nicodemus uh, uh, quite famously said, but how can an old man be born again? I can't go back into my mother's womb. And then Jesus replies again and says to him, actually, the truth is that uh, for you to enter into the kingdom, you have to be born of water and of the spirit. So we see there's two distinctions that Jesus makes. The first one is Jesus says, number one, you can see another reality. And number two, you can enter that reality. Uh, and what is that reality? Think about that quickly. Jesus came with one message primarily. And that message was not one of salvation. The primary message of Jesus was one of a kingdom, another reality. And we see that Jesus, even when he came onto uh, the scene, he never asked his disciples to believe in him. He asked them to follow him. And what he wanted them to do is he wanted them to actually see this other reality so that they eventually can believe in that reality. So he comes and he models the reality of the kingdom. And then he says to his disciples, listen, come and follow me so that you can see this kingdom. And I want you to actually now start exercising and expressing this kingdom. And when it comes to Nicodemus, he comes and he makes a, a radical two statements. He says to the Nicodemus, listen, he says, listen, you have to be born again to see the kingdom. And then you have to be born of the spirit and of water for you to enter into the kingdom. So I want you to understand that there's a very tangible truth and reality that many of us can see the kingdom without ever entering into that kingdom. And the difference is this, it's partnership. And I want to speak this morning about partnership, of how we actually get into the very things that God has for us. How do we actually become partners in this other reality? Now, the first and most important thing that you and I have to understand and realize is that Jesus did not come to get you and me born again. He came to get you and me into another reality. And for us to step into that reality, we have to be born again. So there's no way we can start or endeavor on this journey or this partnership without us being born again. And when we get born again, then the door opens for you and me so that we can start into partnership. And there's two big words that, in a sense, will explain this to us. And uh, the first word is mercy. Have you ever heard of the word mercy? Mercy. The second word is grace. Now, I want you to see something here is that mercy is the way by which we see the kingdom. Mercy is the way by which we get adopted and the way by which we get cleansed and the way by which we get into this reality is mercy. So when you and I say yes to Jesus, we spoke about that yesterday. When we say yes to Jesus, what happens is they change identity. The old from yesterday is shaken off. The the, the, the chains and the, the stuff we carry, all of that gets taken away from us because that all dies with you and me. Uh, we die, we nailed with Jesus onto the cross. Our old lives, our sinful nature is nailed with uh, Jesus onto the cross. And then we get raised up as a new creation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Mercy does that. Mercy adopts you and me. Mercy makes you and me acceptable. Mercy makes you and me cry out to the Father and Him see then Jesus. Mercy does that. So when I, I, I married my wife, uh, 25 years ago, there was a moment where I said, I do. It's the same with Jesus. That's the mercy moment. That's the moment when I say to Jesus, I do. Uh, I, I give my life over to you. From that moment on, you and I then change over into another reality, and we are set free, we wash clean, and we are perfect. But I want you to understand that since we got married, we've had one or two fights. There are days where we are so in love with each other, and there are days when we actually have to work at loving each other. But the truth is that I never stopped being a husband and she never stopped being my wife. Which means that even after we had a little bit of a fight, I don't have to go on the knee again and say, would you marry me? It's done. 
Now, the same is true with you and me coming to Jesus. When we give our lives to Jesus and we say, I do, from that moment on, we will always be his son and his daughter. We are saved. We are born again. And I don't have to then, when I mess it up, which we sometimes do, I don't have to go back and say, would you please then save me again? Because I'm saved. But Scripture says that we have new mercies every day. Why is that? It's not so that I can be born again, again, and again, and again. It's so that I can actually come and say, would you forgive me, Lord? I've messed it up a little bit, just like I would with my wife. I love, I just got up with the wrong foot this morning. But I, I'm, not, I'm not becoming a husband again. I'm just sorting out the relationship. And mercy does that. That's why we have new mercy every day, because we want to sort out our relationship. We want to come back to a relationship with Jesus. Now, very importantly, I want us to understand what grace is, because grace is not forgiveness. Grace is not forgiveness. Send to someone and say, grace is not forgiveness. Grace is enablement. Now, this is a massive thing if you will grasp this. This thing will change your life if you understand what I'm saying, because that's why Scripture calls it a grace gift, because I don't. I don't receive a gift of prophecy as forgiveness. Excuse me. I don't receive a gift of healing as forgiveness. I don't receive a gift of knowledge as forgiveness. I don't receive a gift of, for forgiveness. I receive it for enablement. I receive it as an ability. I receive it as something that will make me do what Jesus do. That was an amen opportunity. Can you see where I'm going with this? So when we live by grace... We live by an ability that puts us above circumstance. That's why scripture says, as sin increased, grace increased all the more. It's got nothing to do with forgiveness. Just listen, look at the world we're in. How many of you know that this world needs a desperate different church to the world of 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 200 years ago, 2,000 years ago? Because sin increased, now God also comes and he gives you and me more and more ability to be over the sin. Please understand that grace is not a license to sin. It's the ability to be over sin. It's important to understand that because the church is, is actually put into this chokehold. Have you seen the chokehold that, you know? The church is put into this chokehold of grace, this licentious grace. Listen, don't worry, just neek voort because there's grace. That's a lie. Why would we want to live on the, on the edge of sin? I mean, honestly, look at this. So here's my wife. Why would I try and see how much I can get away with instead of just loving her with everything I have? When we do that with Jesus. Oh, but there's grace, brother. No, there's no grace. Slap yourself, get over it. Grace is there so that you and I can actually be the head and not the tail. Grace is that you and I can be victorious rather than be defeated. Grace is so that we can do all the things that Jesus had done and more. John 14, Jesus says, and all these things and even greater things than these you'll do. Which means that if we want to do greater things than Jesus, let's start with what Jesus did. Is that right? Okay. So when we look at partnership, partnership is unlocked after we receive mercy, but then we start living. We enter into the kingdom by being born of water and being born of the spirit, which is the two baptisms. Water baptism is my first step of obedience. Now I'm saved. Yes, I'm born again. I received mercy, but now I'm actually stepping my first step of obedience, and I'm telling the whole world, listen, the old Zacharias, he's dead. 
He was buried with Christ. Now the new one is raised up. It's my first step into this reality. First step into a kingdom. First step into being like Jesus where he is the king. He is the, I love what was said uh, this morning about a new nationality, a new citizenship. That's my first step. I'm stepping my first step into this new citizenship. Sitting in the heavenly places. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. All those things that scripture tells us. That's my first step into this kingdom. But then when I'm baptized in the spirit, what happens then is now for the first time, grace is opened up for me. I receive this beautiful box full of gifts, abilities, that now allows me to live and be like Jesus and do what he's done. And now scripture says, now I no longer live by what I see. Now I live by grace. I live by the unseen. I live by what I see my father do. And suddenly we have an ability to change our environments. We have an ability to usher the kingdom of God into our context. Now suddenly if we start looking at partnership, it's a whole different ballgame. It's no longer a religious act. It is a new life. That was an amen opportunity. Because now God wants you and me to step into this partnership of, listen, I'm no longer seeing the kingdom. I'm actually now entering into this kingdom. And God is saying, listen, I have got partnership with you with the Holy Spirit. We spoke about that yesterday. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, 5, and 6. Go and underline it in your scriptures, in your Bible. Go and meditate on it. Read it. Learn it. Study it. And it says there that we have gifts that's given to us by the Holy Spirit. Then it says that we have services given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have activities given to us by the Father. We see that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three of them comes alongside us to partner with us in this journey of grace. In this ability to be above sin rather than under sin or in sin. And then what happens is that we saw yesterday that um, there were clusters of these gifts or grace that's given to us. There's nine gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. There's five gifts that the Son gives us. And there's seven gifts that the Father gives us. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, you can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 7 to 10. Then the gifts of the Son, you can find in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, 11, five gifts. And then you can see the gifts that the Father gives, the activities, those are to establish and build the kingdom in your life and through your life. You'll find them in Romans chapter 12 from verse 7 onwards. There are seven gifts that's given to us there. Okay, so everyone with me? So that's just the introduction of where we're going with this morning. Is that right? Okay. The gentleman there with the blue uh, jersey, what's your name again, sir? Chubby. You look chubby, buddy. Andrew. Andrew and then your wife again, I, Diane. I, I, we did get a, get a moment to speak of your life yesterday, Diane. But I really, for the two of you, sorry, I'm, I'm that's a hot flush. Yeah, must be. A hot flush, forgive me. Chubby and Diane, would you stand for me, please? Yeah. I, wanna, I want you to come and stand with me right here, if you don't mind. This is being recorded, right? So the reason why I asked the names, um, and you can stand here, be awkward for a moment. The reason why I asked the names is, number one, we want to record what is said so that we can be accountable. And when I say we, I'm talking about me, and I'm talking about them. So what happens is that all prophetic words must be weighed, which means that they will, in partnership, work with the eldership team about what God is saying over their lives. And obviously, if there are some things that I've missed, which is possible, 
then I need to be accountable and say, listen, I'm so sorry. Forgive me because I've missed it. I had bad pizza last night. All my wife's fault. Or they can start a journey in working through some of these things together. And um, let me not tell the whole story. I'm just going to bore people to death. And it's terrible when people fall asleep when I talk. It happens so much. I hate it when it happens. I won't tell you the boring story. Um, but I do want you to know that I had no conversation with anyone about any of you. None whatsoever. So if I, if I step on your toes or prod somewhere where maybe I don't want to prod, it's not because of anything that I've, I've been told. Okay. I had an interesting moment in, in Namibia the one year. I'm going to tell this one story while they're being awkward. Okay. So... I'm in Namibia, and uh, we're ministering there. I was just in Namibia two weeks ago, and uh, there's this one couple, an American couple, young couple, that's there, and uh, uh, I called him out like, like this couple. He wasn't chubby. Well, he was chubby, although his name wasn't chubby. He was there, and uh, I was speaking over them, and the next morning, they picked me up to go to Kietman's Whip down in the south. I don't know what I did. That morning when I, they picked me up, they wanted to slap me. She was furious with me. She sat in the back, you know, all courteously giving me the front seat. And I'm sitting in the front seat, and I'm like, like this woman wants to stab me with something from the back. I'm like looking just to make sure that I'm safe. And he's looking at me, and uh, we hardly left the parking lot. She said, who told you about us? I'm like, what do you mean? He says, now, who told you about us? I'm like, no, no one told me about you. I, I don't know what you're talking about. What happened is that in the story I was relaying, I just touched on some things that were so close to their lives that they thought that someone had told them, told me about them. And they wanted to go and sort that person out for telling who they were and what they were doing. So I want you to know that we're trusting God to do what God does this morning. And we want to see what God wants to do. So I don't know anything about you. You know that. And I haven't phoned them and said, listen, quickly, I want to pick out on Chubby tomorrow morning. Let me just give me some info there. I, I don't know anything about you. Uh, but Jesus does, and he loves you tremendously. And uh, I believe that he's saying that uh, so often you have said no to stuff because you feel you're not qualified. So often you had allowed other people to go through the door that God actually opened up for you. And I feel God is saying it's actually time that you guys walk through the door that he's opened for you. I feel God is saying that what you carry in the story you have to tell is redemption in itself. I feel God is saying the battles that you fought is actually for the victory that you're going to give to others as much as you have gained some victory in some of these things, which is awesome. But I believe God is saying that you're going to have a voice with young people. I don't see kids. I see like midlife, well, midlife, teens to, to young adults. I believe God is saying that you're going to have a voice with them. I feel like there's a fathering and a mothering spirit upon you. And you're going to be a mother and a father to many, of which many of them would not be your own kids. You're going to really just be a, a safe place for them to find a voice, find an identity. And I feel that God is saying that you have a very subtle yet a very powerful prophetic gift as a couple that you have the ability to see discern things in people's lives and speak it over them, and you don't even realize what you're doing, but you're actually establishing identity in them, and you're planting pillars of future uh, promise for them in their lives. And uh, I believe that God is saying that the way that you play is going to be the thing that affects people. It's going to be the very thing that allows, uh, especially young boys, to open up and actually find a space of safety with you. I don't know how many kids you have, but I believe that God wants to bring increase for you with that. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. But I'm telling you, now, I believe God is saying that there's increase coming. And a part of the fruitful season that I saw over you yesterday, I believe some of it might manifest in the natural. 
Uh, I believe that God is saying that you're going to coming into a season of incredible quickening and suddenly. There's going to be sudden doors that's going to open up for you. And you're going to say, where did this come from? And you're going to step through that door and the next door is going to open, next door is going to open. And I want to prophesy over you that God is saying that in the next six months to eight months, you're going to say, what the heck just happened? Um, I feel God is saying, be ready for promotion in the things of the Lord. God is about to add weight uh, on your shoulders for the things that he has called and prepared you for. And um, don't look down on where you come from. Don't look down on what you have or don't have. Because God is saying, he's the one that promotes and he's the one that adds. Can we stretch our hands over this lovely couple? Yeah. Give me your hand. You've got a, a gift of, of healing. There's a supernatural gift of healing upon your life. Love, can you come and just help us lay hands here on this beautiful couple? Um, so, Lord, I want to pray right now. <clears throat> I want to pray right now, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just release um, a gift of healing. I open to both of them, Lord God, the supernatural in a profound way, and I ask Jesus that you would stir them in an in a, in a incredible way, Lord. I pray that their home would be different because you spoke today. Lord, I pray that your, their home would be a safe haven. I pray, Lord God, that in their home you would raise up a beacon. Lord, I pray that their home would be a place for the community. And I ask Jesus that there would be life that flows uh, through them, Lord, and that people would come to drink from their well. Lord, I pray that there would just be an increase of influence, an increase of weight. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that the prophetic that's in them, Lord, I awaken that to a greater degree, Lord. I speak life over that. Lord, I pray that the discernment that's in them, Lord, that that will be awakened and quickened in them. And Lord, I just call out favor and fruitfulness, fruitfulness. Lord, the, the mother and fathering spirit that's upon them, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that many would find shelter under their wings. I pray that, Lord, in your precious mighty name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Yeah. So where were we? When it comes to partnership, God wants to take you and me and he opens up the door of grace, ability to you and me so that we can partner with him. And we see that there are, are clusters of gifts. We see nine gifts by the Holy Spirit, five gifts by the Son, and seven gifts by the, the Father. Now, there's many more than these. But these are just clusters that we see together in Scripture. We see there's a whole other uh, cluster of gifts that's given by the Father in several other places. There's about 19 gifts, just by quick glance that you can find in Scripture, 19 different kind of gifts. But one of the gifts that, in a sense, are given by the Holy Spirit, given by the Son, and given by the Father is the gift of prophecy. You'll find gift of healing, for example. Gift of healing is not given by the Son. You won't find that in any of the gifts that the Son gives. Healing is not there. But you'll find healing as a gift of the Holy Spirit, and you'll find that God will appoint some that will have a healing ministry. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 28 onwards. So we see healing, for example, is given by the Father and by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so forth and so forth. So there are some gifts that you'll find only in one of the clusters, and they are one of the gifts, and I think it's the only one, if I'm not mistaken, the only gift that is given by all of the clusters or, or all of the divinities or identities of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is the gift of prophecy. And God says, listen, this is a greater gift, and I want to just quickly explain why I believe it's a greater gift. So let me quickly ask, who doesn't want to be encouraged? Anyone here that doesn't want to be encouraged? <laughs> Okay, which means that everyone here needs encouragement, but not everyone right here now, right now needs healing. Can you see that? Okay, is there anyone here that doesn't want to be built up? Everyone here needs to be built up, right? But not everyone right now needs a word of knowledge, as much as many of us would need that. Okay, and I'll explain that about. 
So what happens is God says there's a greater gift because there's a greater benefit to the body when that gift is operational. And that gift is, is prophecy. And prophecy, as we said yesterday, has got um, three riverbanks, three things that we always have to have within prophecy. It's encouragement, comfort, and strengthen. Will you guys encourage comfort and strengthen right now? No pressure, but say yes. <laughs> okay, so they were encouraged, comfort, and strengthened right now. Is there anyone else here that felt encouraged, strengthened, and comforted by what happened to them? It's an amazing thing that happens when we lean into what God wants to do. And what we did yesterday is we showed you that actually all of us can do this all the time. Now, we, 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 we like when I go to the gym the first day and I pick up a weight, irrespective of what that weight is, if I keep on going to the gym, that weight will increase. Now, the same is true for my gifting. If I have a gifting and I start stepping out in that gifting, it's just I'm praying. I'm training and practicing, and as I do that, my efficiency in that gift will increase and grow. And as we do that again and again and again, then we get more effective and more efficient in our, in our gifting. Is that all right? So um, don't think, well, I'll never be like Glendon when it comes to preaching. Well, you won't because he's unique in his gifting. But you can have your own unique gifting, but you have to just start the journey and keep on developing that gift so that you can become all that God had called you to be. Is that all right? Okay. What's your name again, sir? Alvin. And your name again, ma'am? Mary. You're such a delight, Mary. You know that. So here's Mary and there's Martha. Martha. Uh, hey, I, are you sisters? <laughs> it's better than Maria. You're right. Yeah. You're such a delight. You know that. The two of you, I believe God is saying that the two of you will be bridge builders in the community. You have the ability to actually put your feet in different communities at the same time and be as comfortable whether it's this community or that community. And God is saying he's going to use your home to become a bridge for many communities and those that are broken and lost to actually find a home and find Jesus. There's an evangelistic call upon your lives. God is saying that many people will come to know Jesus just through your fun and through the way that you love people. And he says, don't ever get stiff. You know what, people sometimes want to put you in a box. And he says, please, just break that box and get out of it as fast as you can because he's called you to be who you are. You are fun people. You're outside of the box, and he loves that about you. Actually, he's the one that put that fingerprint on your life. Isn't that amazing that God can use your home to bring a kingdom and another reality there? I want to tell you, God is saying that you too will move in deliverance. You will set people free that are in their soul bound to things. Scripture says, for this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest so that he can destroy the works of the enemy. 1 John 3, 8. And that, that particular scripture, that word destroy means to untie. And I feel God is saying that the two of you will be untiers. You'll take people and untie them from the works of the enemy and just set them free into what God has for them. Your names again? Alvin and Mary. Alvin and Mary. Okay, cool. Great stuff. So why would prophecy be a greater gift? Because often prophecy would what we call be a coupling gift. It takes different gifts and it brings them together. For example, if someone has a word of knowledge. Now, a word of knowledge is something that I would not know in the natural. But God would give me an insight into that. Now, a word of knowledge will give me a context or an understanding of something. And uh, we see sometimes people would say, well, you've been through a tough time, you, you're repeating circles, whatever the case might be. And what happens is like, okay, yo, well, I, don't, I know that, thank you, I'm living in that space. 
Well, it's one thing to have a word of knowledge where that is a platform for the prophetic to springboard because God comes and he says, I know this about you. And then the right question is, well, God, what do you want to do about that? Then we step into the prophetic. So we take word of knowledge and we use that as a platform to step into the prophetic. And sometimes the prophetic will open up a word of knowledge. You see that? So a prophetic often doesn't stand alone. It's a coupling gift. It brings gift together. For example, the one time I was in a, in a meeting and there was a lady there. And as I started uh, speaking over her life, God started showing me exactly what her situation is like and that she's sick and she's struggling and she's repeating and and things just going around the circle, the same circle over and over again, or going around the mountain, as they would say, as a, as a religious or a spiritual statement, just going around the mountain and mountain again. And then I said, but God wants to change it. God wants to set you free. And then I started leading into healing. So that day, there was a word of knowledge that, in a sense, identified her situation, her circumstance. Then we spoke about what God wanted to do with that. And then some of it manifested in a healing right there. So then we see that there's healing, word of prophecy, and word of knowledge all working together. Sometimes God will bring a word of instruction or a word of wisdom or something that goes on the back of that. So prophecy very, very seldom would stand alone. Uh, I want to say this, and please hear me in saying this, is that actually it doesn't really matter what gift you use. I've been in context with people say, well, what gift was this now? Was this a word of knowledge? Was it a gift of knowledge? Was it a gift of uh, wisdom? Was it a uh, prophecy? Well, I don't know. I really don't care as long as we use the gift. Is that all right? So the, please don't get tied up in what gift it is. As long as we open to God and we allow him to do that. Is that all right? This lady here with the blue and the gray. What's your name again, ma'am? Sonia. Can you stand with me, please? Come, love. I want you to just come and stand with us. It's Sonia. Sonia or Sonia? Sonia. Sonia. I just want to ask my, my girlfriend to come and stand with us. <laughs> I've got three, you're right. Yeah. Forgive me for not wearing a mask. Is that all right? I, I don't mean anything by it. It's just bad manners. Okay. Yeah. Sonia, I want you to just look at me. Just, yeah, just like this. Ask my wife to stay with me. I'm holding your hand. As a sign of compassion, a sign of love, because I believe that God says that you've been through some battles, and you've got some scars. I believe God is saying that those scars will become an incredible testimony, and God is saying that redemption is always what is on his heart, and I believe God is saying that the worst of testimonies is going to come, a uh, worst of confessions and painful things. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Confession is the wrong word. Anyway, what God is saying is those will become the greatest testimonies. And I believe God is saying that he's giving you a voice to give a voice to those who don't have a voice. I believe that you have a very strong voice. I believe that you're a very strong discerning gift. You see rubbish a long way off. You see the fake a long way off. And I believe God is going to use that to protect people. He's going to use that gift to protect even this church. And I believe God is saying that he's giving you a very strong discerning gift. And uh, at times, you might even be misunderstood as a result of that gift. But I believe God is saying that there's a gentleness, there's a softness, there's a wisdom that he's going to give to that gift that will bring incredible freedom to people. And uh, I believe that God is saying that the prophetic is going to come alive in you in a very new and a very different way. I believe God is saying that the discerning is there to unlock the prophetic because God wants to show, the, in a sense, the, the, the reality of things, but he also wants to speak redemption into those things. And I believe that God is about to change your name to redemption. 
through redemption. I believe that there's a lot of stuff in your life that God is saying, it's time for that to be redeemed. Uh, I want to prophesy over you that God is saying that he's the vindicator. I feel that there's some stuff that is over your name, some labels, some, I don't know. And God is saying that he's the vindicator. He's the one that's going to set free. He's the one that's going to wash it all off. He's the one that's going to give you, uh, I want to almost say a fresh start, a restart, a, what is the right word? Anyway, doesn't matter. Can we stretch our hands over Sonia? So Lord, I come right now. And Sonia, I want to do a prophetic action with you. I want to turn you around. 360. 360. <laughs> but I believe this is God actually, sorry love, I've, a prophetic action to come and undo some of the, the stuff that the enemy has planned for harm. And, and God is saying to you this morning that what the enemy had, had, had planned for harm, he has, is going to redeem and he has planned it for good. So Lord, I want to come and I want to speak over her, Lord God, with every single label that's over her, Lord God that needs to be vindicated and redeemed. I want to take it off right now in the name of Jesus. I remove it right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I want to take the battles that she fought, Lord God, and the scars that she's got. And I want to cry and call them, Lord God, into redemption and into a testimony of victory and overcoming. Lord, I want to come and speak over her restoration in profound ways. I want to come and say, Lord God, that you are a God that declares over her a day of new beginning, a fresh start, a day of new beginning. I declare it over her right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I want to come and I want to say, Lord, that you are the untire. You are the one that brings liberty. You are the one that brings freedom. And Lord, I come and I establish over her, Lord God, that she is your daughter and that you are well in love with her, Lord God, and you're well pleased with her. And I just speak over her, Lord God, just the fullness of your call. Lord, I want to awaken the prophetic in a new way. I want to say, open up, Lord God, open up the prophetic for her in a profound way. Lord, I pray that her eyes would see and Lord God, that she would have a discerning and understanding of things. And Lord God, that she would be an effective weapon in your hands when it comes to your kingdom. And I just release over, Lord God, a day of new beginnings. I want to prophesy over you Isaiah 43. It says, I'm about to do a new thing. Can you not perceive it? Can you not perceive it? I'm about to do a new thing. And even the places of desert, the places of wilderness, God is about to bring forth water and spring forth life from those areas that are desolate, areas that are barren, areas that are, are dry. And Lord, I just declare over her fruitfulness and life. New water in areas, Lord God, that hasn't seen water in a while. I just declare over, Lord God, a day of new beginnings. We prophesy that in your precious name, Jesus. Just stand here. God is busy with you. Can I maybe get one or two of the, the elders, the ladies in particular, to just come and stand there with Sonia? So I want to quickly to speak to you about something of the prophetic. Scripture says that God is not a respecter of persons, <clears throat> which means that God doesn't prefer one over the other. He loves all of us the same. So, and when I mean the same is I'm talking about volume. I'm talking about, about um, volume, not ways, not mannerism. So, for example, here's two of my daughters. I've only got two daughters, okay? I love them wholeheartedly, completely, but I love them very different. I don't love her the same way that I love her. And it's not because I love one more or love the other more. It's because I just love them differently, but I love them wholeheartedly, fullness. And that's how God loves us. He loves all of us exactly the same. So if she comes and asks me for something, I'm not going to give her something without giving her something. You with me? So if God is giving something, he's willing to give it to everyone and anyone because he's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't prefer one over the other, even though he might have different ways and different plans and purposes for our lives. That's fine. So what happened now is God speaks over one or two individuals. 
and something in your heart goes, I feel it. I want that. I want to put my hand up and say, Lord, if there's redemption available, I want that redemption. Is there anyone like that here? Okay, so what you can do then is you can say, Lord, you're not a respecter of persons. I want to take redemption because if you're willing to give it to one, I know that you're going to give it to me. So if you're wanting redemption, stand quickly. I want to release that word over you because it's yours. The word will not return to God empty or void, but it'll accomplish that which it's sent for, Isaiah 55, 11. That's what scripture says. So if you're trusting God for redemption, you're trusting God for breakthrough, you're trusting God for, excuse me, new beginnings, you're trusting God for a new season, then you can take this word. Even if not all of it is for you, you can certainly take some of it and say, Lord, in this case, I'm going to put my hand up. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say, please, would you give it to me? Okay, is that all right? But now you have to receive it by faith. So I want you to lift up your hands, open your heart. Lord Jesus, right now, I want to release redemption. I want to release a untying. I want to release, Lord God, a buyback of lost time. I want to release, Lord Jesus, over every single person that is standing, Lord God, a day of new beginning, redemption, Lord. I want to speak over them breakthrough. I want to speak over them, Lord God, that you will undo. And Lord, even right now, for everyone standing, Lord Jesus, that's got a wrong label over their lives. I want to remove those labels off their lives right now. If you are standing and that's a label that's on you, I want you to just take that label to pull it off. I want you to do a prophetic action, pull it off of your shoulder, your back, your head, wherever that label is. I want you to just remove that label and you're going to feel a significant shift, a change taking place as you do that. Take that label off and say, Lord, no longer will I be known under this name. No longer will I be known under this identity. No longer will I be standing under this label. From this moment on, I am free. From this moment on, I'm standing as a new creation, as one who is loved by you. Then I pray that, Lord, in your precious mighty name. In your precious mighty name. Okay, now, before you sit down, I want you to turn around, stand on your chair, walk around, whatever, but you can't go and sit the way that you stood up. You have to do something different before you go sit down. You can't go sit the way you stood up. So do something different, and then you can take your seats. I like it. New chair. Why not? Why not? Come on. Okay. This couple here with a young boy that I was holding yesterday, Flip, I don't know. I can understand why your shoulders are that wide. Flip, <laughs> that boy must be weighing like 20 kilos. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> you know? You know the story with this guy, it was the drought season, and it was tough season, and um, he just held on to his farm and everything that he had, and eventually had one cow left, and this poor little cow was like completely starved and mar, and then he one day thought, okay, well, before this thing dies, I'm going to have to take it to the, to the abattoir and sell it. So he picks this cow up, and he carries this cow, 20 kilos, all the way to the, to the abattoir, and he gets there. And he puts the cow on the, on the scale, and the guy looked at this cow, and he looked at the guy, and he says, listen, it's not heavy, it's a small little cow. He says, just let it stand a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this thing gets heavier and heavier, you know. You know, sometimes when we go through life, and uh, family grows, sorry, your names again. Albert and Deirdre, Albert and Deirdre. So, mooi boere meisie en mooi boere sien. Amper. Ah, dit verduidelik baie. Ons was in Meertin van 9 jaar. 
Uh, anyway, you guys all the way from Mayerton. I'm doing it in English just so that everyone can understand, even if my English is not so good. You know, but come to I want to talk to you a question. You know, I, I remember when uh, the older one was born. Literally two weeks after she was born, we started leading a church. And we're like, God, this is the wrong season for this. And I believe God is saying, actually, in your season, he's called you to carry weight. And so often our, our natural inclination would be to say, Lord, let's just finish this, then we'll get into that. And I believe God is saying that actually the light that you have to shine will shine in the area where you are actively busy. And that will obviously be including kids and all those different kind of things. But I believe that God is saying that you've got an incredible aspect to add to what God is doing. I believe God is saying that uh, you have got a beautiful, beautiful, gentle gift. People are safe with you. I feel that people will come and just blab all their nonsense out over you. And you're like, what the heck just happened? And you won't even understand why. But it's because God is saying that you are a safe people, that you have got ears to listen I feel God is saying there's such a caring and shepherding nurture inside of you, and God is going to use you to restore people in an amazing way. I believe God is saying that you have the ability to allow people to talk, and they'll hear themselves, and yet their lives will start making sense in a new and different way. You are going to, God is going to give you wisdom beyond your years, beyond your experience. I believe God is saying that there's increase coming to you financially. I don't know if you're working somewhere, if you have business of something, but I'm telling you now, God is saying he's opening up new doors. There's new resources that he's unlocking for you, and God is going to bring expansion to your house. I don't know how that looks, but I'm telling you now, God is saying your house is going to go bigger. I don't know. Expansion. Expansion, expansion, expansion. I want to prophesy over you that God is saying the best is yet to come. I believe God is saying that there's dreams that you are sharing that no one knows about, that you've been talking about, and God is saying, I've heard those dreams, I've heard those prayers, and I'm going to do it for you. I had love it when God has favorites. I'm telling you, God is saying that there's a special favor upon your lives to do the supernatural and do the incredible. And in your season, God is going to promote you and use you to do incredible things for the kingdom. And uh, I believe that like with her, there's something of a supernatural gift in you for healing in particular. I believe the two of you will lay hands on backs and see people restored. I believe God is saying that uh, eye problems, God is going to use you to sort out eye problems, heal people with eye problems or issues. Have any of you got eye problems, any issues with your eyes? Have you got eye problems? Come and stand here. I want to lay hands on you. Well, let me come there. Don't worry. He's sleeping. Yeah. Can I get one or two guys to just come and stand with me? I just want to pray with him. Come play, pray for your, for your husband. You are married, right? <laughs> okay. okay. So, Lord, right now, I rebuke. I rebuke the devourer. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I curse every work that the enemy has started right here. And Lord, we release over his eyes complete restoration, complete sight. And Lord, I speak over at the end right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I declare over him fullness of health, fullness of sight. And Lord, ask that whatever the issue is, Lord God, that there would be complete restoration right now in the precious name of Jesus. Precious name of Jesus. Precious name of Jesus. Precious name of Jesus. I believe God is saying that... Um, uh, yeah, there's a planting that is taking place. I feel that there might be opportunities or, or uh, yeah, just things that might open up. And I feel God is saying that actually those will be the imitation. I feel God is saying that he's actually planting you. He's actually asking you to, to um, I don't know, buckle down for a season. And uh, I believe that God is going to bring an incredible increase. And that the path that he's leading you into, actually as, long, as, might, as, as much as it might feel like a long way around, God is saying actually it's a shortcut. 
So, Lord, I just release over him the fullness and your wisdom to take every step in your uh, right rhythm and uh, the place that you call them for. I pray that, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Great stuff. Go for it. Okay. Is there anyone here that uh, is struggling with lower back issues? It might actually be your kidneys, but lower back, maybe more to the right. Anyone that's got pain in this area of your body? No one. Oh, that's strange. Okay. Cool. I'm glad there's no one that's in pain. Okay. Great stuff. So, go with me to John, oh, not John, Luke chapter 10. Um, what time are we finished? What time should we be done? Okay. It's half past the right. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> okay. The lady there in the back with a floral shirt and the blue jersey. What's your name? Alana. Alana. Alana, can you come and stand with me quickly, please? Come on. Can you just look at me? That's fine. Alana, the whole morning, God has just been all over you. And I feel that God has started something very deep and very profound in your life. And I feel God is saying that there's a, there's a creative gift inside of you that God wants to expand influence in. Um, it might be a hobby. It might be something that you're doing. Uh, I don't know. But I believe that God is saying that there's a creativity that he's going to unlock in you that's going to minister to people in, um, in ways that words and or direct access is not needed. Um, and I really believe that God is saying that it's something that you should exercise, lean into, and that there's even something of a healing that's going to come to you through that. And I believe that God is saying that you're going to really touch people in a very creative and a very unique way. Um, yeah, love, just come and stand here with us, if you don't mind. Yeah. Do you need um, a touch in your body in any way or form? Uh, I mean, if it's obvious, but if it's not obvious, don't go look for something. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's just uh, very, been very, very obvious that God is busy with you. And that he's working uh, in you and, and on you. So, Lord, I just want to come right now and uh, release something of your favor. Uh, Lord, I want to ask that. Uh, Lord, if, if she's been misunderstood, if she has been hurt by words, Lord, I pray right now that you would just come and put your hand on her. Pray, Lord God, that you would embrace her. Lord, I, I, I see the, the picture of uh, Boaz uh, putting his, his, his protection and his cover over you. It's almost like there's a, a new place of cover, a new place of belonging, a new place of restoration, a new place of provision, a new place of... I just see an extension of a mantle that's coming over you. And I feel that God is saying that he wants to restore, he wants to redeem I feel that God is saying that creative gift of yours is going to come uh, and just find flight and find new life. So, Lord, I, I ask that you would comfort in a, in a very tangible way. Lord, I pray that your, your touch and your presence would guide, and I pray, Jesus, that truly she would find the favor of the king. Lord, I, I see you extend your scepter to her like uh, the king did with Esther. Lord, I pray that you would extend your scepter to her, Lord, give her free access, which she has, but, Lord, I pray that there would be an increasing measure of it, an increasing understanding of it. Lord, I pray that there would be 
just a, a tangible outpouring of your spirit. I pray, Lord God, that your spirit would work in a, in a new and a deep way. I ask, Lord God, that you would um, just tenderly and lovingly, Lord God, lead her into every bit that you have planned and purpose for her. And I just release over, Lord Jesus, just your plans, your purpose. I see how the Lord turns his face towards you and shines over you. And, uh, you know, at times we can, we can feel that God had forgotten us or he doesn't hear our prayers. And I feel that like God is saying that he hasn't forgotten you and he is hearing your prayers and that um, he is the very one that is going to see every one of those prayers, every one of those uh, promises that you ha are trusting him for and even the ones that he's spoken over you, he's going to be the one that fulfilled them. And I, I feel that there might be one or two promises in your life that uh, you've almost given up on, you've forgotten about them, you've laid them down. And I feel God is saying that he wants to resurrect those promises. He wants to uh, raise them up again to be uh, first and foremost. He wants them to be in your sight. Uh, so Lord, I pray that you would remind her of the promises that you've given her. I pray, Lord Jesus, that she would find comfort in what you have said. And Lord, even now, Lord, I pray that um, some of the things that I've already done, you've already done and happened, that you would find comfort in them, Lord, knowing that you are the completer. You are the author and the perfecter of our faith, that whatever you have started, you are the one that will complete it, Lord. So Lord, I just pray for your favor on her and ask Jesus that she would truly find the comfort of the mantle that you extend over her in the precious name of Jesus. Precious name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. John, uh, John, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. This is a beautiful summary of the message of Jesus. And um, I said earlier that when we look at the message of Jesus, um, he didn't bring a message of salvation, as much as salvation was included in that. He brought a message of uh, the kingdom. And the kingdom has got four aspects to that kingdom. And uh, we see here that uh, Jesus, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and all those different kind of places. So here Jesus comes, he takes 72 of his disciples, and he sends them off two by two. And then he says to them in verse 4, Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. So there are two things here that I want us to see. The first thing is that your, your resources will never qualify or disqualify you from what God has for you. I've seen so many times, especially in our mindset and our world, that people say, well, Lord, let me just get my business sorted out. Let me just get this sorted out. Let me just do that. Then I'll do the kingdom stuff for you. And actually, here's a very good example of God saying, actually, you don't need any of that for the kingdom. Because the kingdom, by implication, will give us those things. Scripture says, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, and then all these things will be added. Okay, so I want you to see here that the first pillar of the kingdom is one of resource, is one of, of, of provision. Okay, then it goes on and it says, peace to this house. We'll come back to that. Verse 9, I think it's verse 9. Yeah, it says, heal the sick um, uh, in it. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So the second pillar of the kingdom is one of healing. So that's why Jesus would always heal, because he doesn't only have a message of salvation. And may I say this, that not everyone that got healed got saved. And not everyone that gets saved get healed, even though it should happen like that. Because it's the same thing. Healing and salvation is the same thing. It's kingdom. It's a manifestation of another reality. And um, we see that, uh, 10 lepers comes to Jesus. Jesus heals all 10. Only two comes to say thank you. It's an amazing thing that healing is not a prerequisite for salvation. So God doesn't say, well, listen, if you will get saved, I'll, get, I'll heal you. 
not a trade-off. He says, listen, my love is, is unconditional and my gifting to you is unconditional. And whether you receive me as your Lord or not, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to heal you. I'm going to still touch you. So healing we see is, is another one of the pillars. So we see provision and healing. And then we jump over to the 72 coming back. And verse 17, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us by your name. So that's the third pillar of the kingdom is deliverance. So I want you to know that God comes body, soul, and spirit into your reality to, to, to intercept you there. And he wants to bring the kingdom into your body, soul, and spirit. So what happens is our spirits get born again, right? But then our souls get delivered. The place of our soul where the enemy has been busy with us, that get delivered. And then our physical bodies that the enemy has been busy with healing, he comes and he heals us from that. And then he provides for us in our ways. So there's nothing that is left outside of the kingdom. The kingdom is all-encompassing. Body, soul, spirit, God comes and he, 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 he broods over us in a sense. And he comes and he does that through us. So the kingdom does that. And I want to say that there's a currency that releases these things. And the currency is peace. So I'm going to take two minutes and I want you to do something with me. I want to show you that actually you don't need to be eloquent. You don't need to be qualified. You can simply rest in Jesus. So what I want you to do quickly is I want you to find a friend of the same gender to you. Quickly. Just find a friend, same gender to you. Yeah, find a friend, same gender. Guys on guys, girls on girls, just one on one. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Okay, have you all got a friend? Okay, I want you to stand, look at your friend, hold hands. Yeah, hold hands. Okay. Great stuff. Okay. So, I want you to just get over the fact that you're holding hands. Okay? Just get over that fact. And I want you to just look at me quickly. Okay. Excuse me. See, it's the sparkling water they give me. It's all their fault. Okay. Now, Scripture says here, Jesus says, when you come to a house, say to that house, peace to this house. And then it says that if there's a man of peace there, your peace will go. Not really, just it goes. Okay. Your peace will go, and it will rest on the man of peace if there's a man of peace. And if there's not a man of peace, God, what will happen? The peace will come back to you because it doesn't find a place of rest. An amazing thing. Did you know that you have a currency of peace that you can trade with? Which means that every time you go into a business meeting, every time you go into someone's house, you can just say in your heart, peace. You know that statistically, the world has proven that the person with the highest authority in the room affects every person in the room's heart rate. Which means not the person with the highest appointment or the highest job, whatever. The person with the highest authority will change the heart rate of every person in the room. Do you know that? Statistically, it's proven by the world. Which means that if you are a believer and you walk into an unbelieving context, guess who's got the highest authority in the room? We see scripture at action. Peace. Okay. So where does peace rest? Does it rest here? In your mind? No, it doesn't. Does it rest here in your ears? No, it doesn't. Where does peace rest? Where God is. 
Okay, so what I want you to do, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to go to the place of peace. I want you to take a few deep breaths and I want you to allow the Holy Spirit and the giver of peace. He is the Prince of Peace, right? Allow the Prince of Peace to just come and settle your heart. Just settle your heart. Okay, so now that you've found your place of peace, I want you between you and your friend, quickly decide who's number one and who's number two. Just give each other a number. So I'll be number one and you can be number two. But you can't both be number one and both number two. One of you have to be number one and one has to be number two. Okay, is that right? So every group has got a number one and every group has got a number two. Is that right? Okay, go back to your place of peace. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Okay, so what I want you to do now is if you are number one, I want you to let your peace flow from you to number two. And if you are number two, I want you to allow the peace to come and rest upon you, just like we see in Scripture. So you can almost see the picture of a balloon that's hanging on the inside of your chest. It's deflated. That's your place of peace. If you are number two, I want you to allow the Spirit to inflate that balloon. I want that uh, balloon to get more and more, bigger and bigger. I want the increase of the peace of the Lord on you. If you are number one, I want you to push that out and push it towards number two. Do it quickly. Might feel a little bit, I don't know how this works, but if you just allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, you're going to find that peace will flow from you. And as you do that, as number one, you'll feel the peace of God come from above and flow through you to the person number two. More, Lord. Just come and flow, Lord Jesus, to number two. Let number two, Lord Jesus, experience your peace like never before. Take them deeper, Lord. Take them deeper, Lord. Okay. Okay, you can leave holding hands for a moment. Okay, number twos, I'm talking to you. As a number two, as the one who were receiving peace, how many of you could say, I honestly felt God ministered to me in this moment. I felt an encounter with Jesus. Anyone? Okay, awesome. So now what I want you to do is I want you to invert the exercise. So if you are number two, I want you now to hold number one's hands and I want you to give number one your peace. Okay, number one, now I want you to allow the, 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 the peace to flow from number two towards you and fill your balloon, fill that place of, spe of, of peace. I want you to drink it. I want you to draw it. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to flow into you from uh, above and from number, number two.
flow, Lord. Flow, Lord. That's right. Just allow the spirit to move. Okay, you can leave hands. Okay, I want you all to look towards me. I, I want to show you something. Okay, so I wish I had a little bit more time to explain the whole process of peace. So please understand, this is not a new age thing I've done with you. This is a scriptural thing I've done with you. John chapter, oh, Luke, I keep on saying John. Luke chapter 10, Jesus clearly comes and he says, listen, this is a currency that you can trade with. When you come to a house, give your peace to that house. And if there's a man of peace, your peace will rest there. And if there's no peace there, the peace will come back to you. So Jesus clearly had it. We see in John chapter 21, Jesus enters the room after he's raised from the dead. And the disciples go absolutely berserk. They're like full of fear. And he says to them, hey, listen, it's me. Just come and check. Look at the wounds. And then, because he comes in and he says peace. And guess what? His peace doesn't find a place to rest. Because they're like, oh my word, what's happening? Then he says, listen, whoa, 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 it's just me. Just check the, the wounds. And then he says to them again, peace. Go and have a read there. Because then they're like, okay, his peace can come. So we can see Jesus exercised this. He lived in this space of giving his peace, okay? How many of you can honestly say that you were ministered to right now? Look at how many hands are up. And may I remind you that not one person prayed a single prayer. Not one of you prayed, not one of you prophesied, not one of you stepped out in great faith. Only thing you did is you allowed God to do what he does. And guess how many people were ministered to? Simply because we were allowing the peace of God to do what the peace of God does. In closing, I want to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Verse 29, it says this, For God is not a God of chaos. Or disorder, but a God of peace, not a God of order. God is a God of peace. So when there's disorder, guess what the, the key is? It's not order, peace. When you and I allow the peace of God to come and rest on the situation, and we can trade with that, we can change the environment. That is the first step of grace. It's the first step of partnership with the Holy Spirit by coming aware of who he is, and allowing his presence and his currency to move through you and me. Now, here's a little bit of homework. When you go to your workspace tomorrow, just say to your colleague, your friend, hey, give me your hand. Give me your hand. Okay, close your eye. Get over the first minute of awkwardness. And I'm telling you, you'll change the environment simply by allowing your peace to flow from you to your friend. God will do incredible things to you. As you do that, suddenly God's going to start putting ideas or ways in your, in your heart to just speak to that person. And suddenly the prophetic is going to flow. Suddenly the love of God's going to flow. Suddenly healing is going to flow. Suddenly you're going to change the environment. And you're going to step into a partnership with Jesus through grace. All right. Let's lift our hands before the King. Lord God, we love you. We thank you for your incredible love and the way that you always, always always partner with us and are keen to partner with us. And Lord, I want to pray your favor over this church. I want to ask, Lord God, that you would quicken this church in every possible way. Lord, I see from this place 
that this place is way too small. I believe, Lord God, that there's going to be many multiple meetings happening in this place until they find something more. Lord, I see that there's going to be many different cultures and many different languages that's going to be preached from this platform. Lord, I see that many will come to be healed. Many will come to be set free. Lord, this is going to be like a well where many will come and drink from your well. It's almost like I feel that this is um, like the Samaritan woman. It's a place where, where those who are broken, those who are spat out by life, those who have been labeled, those who have been rejected, they will come and they will find life here. They will drink with Jesus. I believe that this is going to be a place of restoration. I believe God is saying that many that are misunderstood and misplaced will find a, a belonging here, will find a place of healing right here. I believe God is saying that you will have multiple uh, expressions in different cultures. You'll have multiple expressions in different age groups. And I believe that God is saying that um, uh, there's going to be new and profound ways in which he's going to give you strategy to plant works. Uh, I'm cautious to use the word churches because I don't think it's going to be churches, but it'll be different works. I see that there would be groups of just young people meeting. And it'll be outside of Sunday mornings. It'll be different times of the week, different places. I believe God is saying he's opening up new doors for you to touch uh, young people's lives. I believe God is giving you a key to allow them to move in the supernatural. They will understand God, understand the ways of God, and they'll be able to unlock the move of God in their different places. I believe God is saying that you need to raise up a, a team of leaders because you're going to get phone calls from schools saying, listen, some of the kids that go to your church, they've started something in our school and we don't know how to cope with it. We don't know how to work with it. And they're going to be the very ones that will usher in revival, but it won't be here at church. It'll be in the different schools and the different places. And God is saying that you need to raise up a team of leaders that will actually be able to facilitate that which happens in the different schools. It's almost like I believe God is saying that this will not be the main thing. This will just be the place where the main thing will be exercised, but actually your footprint outside of this building will be much bigger than the footprint inside of this building. I believe God is saying that you need to think and trust God for strategy to be meeting at different places at the same time where God is going to give you vision to actually have a strategy to meet in different facilities in different ways, but with the same heart, same DNA, same name potentially. I believe God is saying that he's going to raise up a mighty army through you. I believe God is saying that this is a place of workers being raised up, a place of workers being released. I believe that God is saying that it's this place is not about the harvest. This church, City Hope, is all about the workers. And I believe God is going to give you workers. I believe God is saying that there are some generals from other places that's going to come and be added to you. I believe God is saying that you even need to be open to a merge of some sort between different groups, different places. And I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but I believe God is saying that there's going to be those who look different, that talk different, walk different to you, that God is going to add to you and He's going to make a way for you to actually together be like combine harvesters, those that will break open new places, those who will uh, open up new spaces of expression. And I believe that God is saying that the creative expression of this church has not even begun yet. I believe God is saying there's going to be songs that's going to flow from this place that will touch this nation and beyond. I believe God is saying that there's going to be art that's going to flow from this place, and they're going to shape and speak into a broken generation in a very profound and touching way. I believe God is saying that this place is going to be known for the creativity that it beholds and what it carries. I believe that almost God is saying it's going to be like a, a volcano that's going to erupt, uh, that's going to come to this place, a volcano that's going to erupt, and it's going to be all be creative, different colors, different expressions, different flows, different ways. I don't know what it's all about. It's almost like I feel God is saying, um, if you have been considering doing a conference of some sort when it comes to the creative, this is the go ahead. This is the thing that God is saying. You've been dreaming about it. You've been playing into it. This is a time to do it. It's something that's going to be very different, something that's going to be out of the box, something that's going to be not like anything else. 
But I believe God is saying that this is a season for you to lean into that. And God is going to do that which everything else is coming against. God is saying he's going to do that through you in this season. I believe God is saying that he's going to raise up an incredible generation of young leaders. I see those that are in their late teens, early 20s. And I believe they will be those who would be the Spartans. They will be those who are radical. They will be those that are warriors. They will be those that will go plunder hell and do some stuff that uh, just have been dreaming about in the past, but uh, dreamt about in the past. And uh, I believe God is saying that he's going to raise up those who actually will be brothers um, beyond culture, beyond language, beyond tribe, beyond color. I believe God is saying that that team will go and plunder hell. That team will be those who would actually uh, model something of an understanding and a celebration of diversity. They will be diverse. They will not be the same, but yet they will be united because the Spirit will unite them. So, Lord, I want to pray, Lord God, that you would do something radical with this church. Lord God, that City Hope Church will be a church for this generation, will be a church for this season. And, Lord God, that you will raise up this church. Lord God, um, yo. I feel that God is saying that um, children that are abandoned have even got greater purpose than those that are embraced. And I believe that God is saying that this church, as a child potentially that has been abandoned, has got a greater purpose than those who have been embraced. And I want to come and prophesy over you that God is saying, do not despise the day of small beginning. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. God is saying the best is yet to come. Greater things will flow. It's almost like a David that has been left out in the field when all the other brothers came up for choice. God is saying, I'm not the one looking like a man would look. I'm the one that looks at the heart. And I'm going to be the one that raise up the ones that actually is in the field because they've been forgotten. But they are going to be the ones that's going to be the kings. Those are the ones that's going to be the leaders. Those are the ones that are going to be significant in the things of God. So, Lord, I just release your favor over this church. I ask, Lord God, that you would bring quickening to them. And, Lord, I pray that this church would have a footprint that is significant, that in heaven would be known. And, Lord, I just release over them a wisdom, a strategy, and understanding, like the sons of Issachar, Lord God, that they will understand the times and the ebbs and the flows and the seasons of God. And, Lord, I pray that they would walk in perfect harmony and in step with your Spirit. And, Lord God, that they would be led by your Spirit and they would be known as sons of the living God because they are led and empowered by you, Lord. I pray that, Jesus, in your precious mighty name. Amen. Not about you, but I'm pretty excited about the future. <laughs> For some of you, this might have been a very different kind of a service. You might even feel a bit uncomfortable. Um, can I say... God sometimes makes us uncomfortable. If God was like us, we would be very comfortable all the time. Am I right? But you look in the Gospels, God stretched their understanding. Jesus did different things to say, actually, you can't put God in a box. So if, if anyone's feeling uncomfortable for whatever reason, take it to God. Uh, we believe that the Spirit of God has been here. It's a safe place. God is at work. It will look different to what we know. And that's okay as long as it's God. Amen? But don't feel worried. This wasn't like last week's church service. It's okay if it's God. Amen? Let's allow God to stretch us out of our comfort zones. Yeah? Because that's where we're going to walk on water. Amen? Amen. Zach, thank you so much. We're going to have to transcribe all of those recordings and, and read over them and pray over them. And we are so excited for what God has. Thank you so much. Amen. If you want to join Terry and Lanny for Starting Point tomorrow night, just a reminder, please come and chat to them. Uh, they'll be here in the front. 
Otherwise, have an amazing week. We'll see you in Life Group. See you tonight at Cornerstone Church. Amen. Thank you, Candice. And uh, be blessed, everyone. Cheers. You won't get